Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, on the clock, Penguins Hockey Talk. We are back with my co my cohort, uh, Darren Vickless. Darren, it's it's so it's so strange being a Penguin fan this year. It's like we're on the tightrope, and every game you either go, yeah, we have a chance, or nah, it's it's too late. But we've we've gotten points in four uh, four straight games now. Um, and as you see the the sign up on the thing, we have games in hand on teams ahead of us. But let's talk about the four games, uh, the last four games. We've gotten a point in each of them. Um, not the best play by far, especially the first one, the 5-4 uh, overtime loss to the Islanders. But after that, it seems like it got a little bit better with Montreal, Philly, and then uh, Vancouver. But talk about what you're seeing from the Penguins. Do you see any difference, any changes um, in your opinion? I mean, the power play, while still not great, has been slightly better. Like, you get the Raquel goal last night. They're at least getting up to around 20% on a game-to-game basis, which is an improvement. It's not great, but it's better than what it was. Like, Raquel with a great power play goal last night on a good feed from Crosby. Um, you have the Benstrom goal, the new guy, getting his power play goal against uh, Philadelphia. So you're getting goals, but then they're still giving up the shorthanded goals. They did it with uh, JT Miller against Vancouver and uh, I, I believe Scott Lawton against uh, the uh, yeah, Lawton. Lawton. So they're giving up shorthanded goals still. So it's still a mess there, but they're at least putting the puck in the net on occasion now on the power play, which is a slight improvement. And they, I thought they'd mostly been fine at 5v5 on the stretch. Vancouver bullied them for a little bit in the first, but then the Penguins kind of took over. Um, Montreal was never really in that game. Um, and even the Flyers, I thought the Penguins dictated that game. It was just a very sloppy night from Jari, like a rare bad night from Jari, where he probably wants two or three of those back. And the Penguins absolutely dominated the Flyers for most of that game. So they've been better recently. You just have to look at it and say, is the hole they dug too big? That's really what the conversation turns to in terms of where you stand at and how you look at the team currently. And I agree with you about Jari against um, Philly. There was a couple of wrist shots that he normally just eats up. He didn't even think about it. And he just, he was off. I mean, they, the announcers said the same thing. He just wasn't on um, on top of his game that night. Um, they fought back. Though. I, I think that's the one thing I've, I've noticed lately. That they're really they're not out of the game anymore. Like I'm, I'm getting that feeling back. Like I did in the old days. Like, I, you know, we can still win this thing. Uh, I, in the middle of the season this year, I would always get that like negative, like, ah, it's here we go again. Another loss, but um, they're starting to, that Vancouver's a good team, but like you said, I think we played them very well Um, for, for 80% of that game. I thought we were, we were the team in charge. I thought Philly had a little bit of a, um, 
they had a, a, a rough start against Philly at the beginning. I thought Philly outplayed us. Maybe maybe like a three or four minute period where it just seemed like, oh, here we go. But then they, they turned it on there as well. Um, what players have really stood out for you these last four games? Anybody like in, in general that maybe came out of the blue or is there just uh, – we all know Sid, of course. Yeah, yeah, Sid is Sid. Um, Brian Rust, before he got hurt again, which is kind of another downer, was actually playing very well. Um, I think Eric Carlson, the last 10 games, for the most part, has been some of the better play we've seen from him. But honestly, Pustinen coming back into the lineup has been a big, like, kind of jolt to the team. And Drew O'Connor, I think, has rebounded a little bit after having a very, very quiet stretch there where he just wasn't really doing anything. Um, he gets the goal against Philadelphia. He created some chances last night getting it on the forecheck. Um, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I would probably go uh, Pustin in, though, just to go off the board a little bit. He's been very, very good in particular the last two games. Who's been playing bad hockey right now? Like, who's a guy that you're just – my guy, I know he, he's, he can always score, but Malkin just, to me, is, is it's getting to that end. It's getting closer he, to the end, but real close to the end. He has been better with Pustin in on his wing than Riley Smith. I will say that these last two games. Like getting someone else who kind of gets in on the forecheck a little bit and causes havoc has helped them. I haven't really had any complaints. Um, a guy that's been noticeably bad for me continues to be Ryan Graves, but we've all kind of beat that to death at this point. Uh, so I will say, honestly, Ricard Raquel, I know he had two goals last night, but there are sequences where he just does stuff that defies logic. You get a clean zone entry and he'll skate right into the teeth of the defense instead of getting a dump in or passing it off to somebody. It's like he tries to do too much especially on the power play and that frustrates me. So like, even though it's two goals last night, I, w- I would say Ricard Raquel, like he just does stuff that doesn't make sense at times. And I'm, I'm on a, a group text message with a bunch of guys, um, Penguin fans. We always talk back and forth during games and guy made a good comment last night. And, and, and the one guy made a comment and the other guy goes, this is a text that could be a 25 year old text. It doesn't matter. But the one guy goes, we don't do nothing in front of our net in front of Jari. Like we don't we don't clear out. I mean, we really don't. I mean, we don't have any guy that's really in there hitting guys. I mean, I was looking last night on the, on the one play. Um, is either JT Miller in front or it was a different player in front? But the, they actually pushed. They were hitting our defenseman out of the way to get to get position instead of the opposite. And it was like, I sort of agree with the the, the thing. I know you. I know that Sullivan. That I guess what what I'm going to ask is, does Sullivan have this? vision in his head he doesn't like guys that are very physical or very they go outside the box a little bit seems like it's they don't play his style of game or he just doesn't appreciate it a more controlled lineup now i don't want to go as far and say he doesn't like physicality because he absolutely loved chris kudis he obviously loved patrick hornquist those are physical guys dumoulin to an extent had a bit of an edge to him when you really really needed it um, like there, so there were guys in their lineup that are physical. It, it's just not like the big booming body check kind of physical. It's the more, we're going to press you on the four check and make you uncomfortable force turnovers. It's like a leaning on you pressure instead of like a big bruising body check kind of way. And so I do agree. They definitely need to do better in front of Jari. Um, even Pedersen, who's been their best defenseman defensively struggles with that at times, despite being as big as he is. Um, and I think it's kind of like a paradigm shift in the league. There aren't really many guys in the league that do that anymore, where their job is just hit people clear the net, hit people clear the net. You don't really see that too often anymore. Um, and could they use somebody like that? Maybe. I think their bigger issue is the opposite end, what they do in front of the other opposition net. They don't have that physicality where they're planting themselves in front of the opposing goalie. That's what really irks me with the way they're playing currently. 
Yeah, that, that's interesting because I was I was thinking about a guy last night that seems like he's um he's physical. Um, he's not real comfortable yet, but he's coming back from a bad injury. But uh, PRV, I thought that he had a couple um couple moments where he's he's showing some phys- physicality. Is that a guy you could throw in front of the net? You think? I think so. I mean, I would not put him there with the expressed like intent that he's going to score goals from there. But if you just want him to be a big guy who can be a moving screen at times, I could see that working. Um, I would absolutely prefer him to be in the lineup over Noel Achari or Jansen Harkins at this point. But it seems like a pipe dream. Both those guys right now, the coaching staff, for whatever reason, seems to like them. And Poy Arvey on the outs versus them. Um, but I would prefer him over one of those guys and stick him in front of the net on the second pipeline. Like, why not? It can't be any worse, right? I mean, it's like just having any sort of net front presence with anybody with size would probably be a positive there. Well, I know this has been like a teetering, like a like a seesaw kind of thing, but we, we've got points in the last four games. Uh, we're seven out. We've got three teams ahead of us, which is always hard to do, but we do got the games in hand. So you can look at the games in hand and say, okay, Tampa, we got five games. That's 10 possible points, seven or eight out of that basically ties you with Tampa just on the on the free games on the yeah on the games you get for free uh, where they're not playing where are you at on the seesaw right now are you are you up or are you down are you right in the middle still I'm what, right what in the middle I think it's a coin flip if they make the playoffs I really do and a lot of analytics models I've seen some that have the penguins at about 51 to 52 percent and I've seen some that have the penguins at 49 to 48 percent. So like a lot of people look at them and basically shrug their shoulders and say, yeah, they could make it. They could not like very coin flippy. They're saving grace. They do have a bunch of division games left in the second half of the year. New Jersey can't stay healthy and their goaltending has been arguably the worst in the entire league. Um, Washington's just not a good hockey team. Their goal differential reflects it. If that the younger goalie they have, Lindgren, if he doesn't bail them out, they lose. Um, so those are two teams that don't bother me. I think Tampa can still kick it in the gear. My, my goal to me still is forget the wild card and play for that three seed in the Metro. I think they're more likely to catch Philadelphia than they are to catch Tampa, if that makes sense. No, it definitely, it definitely, definitely makes sense. Um, and I don't think the Islanders are anything serious either. If, I mean, I kind of left them out of it because the Penguins are currently ahead of them. But um, I think the Penguins control their own destiny as far as finishing third in the Metro and flip a coin if you think they're going to make it or not. Um, Right now, I would lean slightly no because all year it's been they win three or four and then something completely goes wrong and then they collapse. That's kind of been their MO this year. So do they turn this three-game win streak into a five, six, seven-game win streak or are they getting maybe a win and then getting points still in these upcoming losses? And are they not giving that loser points to teams like New Jersey, Washington, or Philadelphia when they played them head to head? It's why beating the Flyers in regulation was such a big deal. And that that's true. The You made up a good point there. Um, the losers points are, they're, they're, they're the thing that really is, that makes, it makes hockey the way it is. It makes the divisions as close and makes the uh, wild cards as close as what it is, is the, um, is them free points you're giving up? I mean, you're giving up free points. We got four games in hand on the Flyers as well, um, and so that's that would be like we we make up them eight points right there with with the Flyers. Plus we we have them a couple more times, I believe, don't we? Uh, one at least one time. I, one, or two. one more game against Philadelphia. I'll have to double check that, but I believe it's one more game at least. So you win that, you're really in shouting distance of Philadelphia. Who to Philadelphia's credit, they are better than what I thought they were going into the year. 
their goaltending still not great. They designate they uh I almost said designated for assignment. Uh they placed Cal Peterson on I saw that right after the, the penguin game being designated for assignment. Um they did put him on waivers. They have that Airson kid who has been good, but without Carter Hart, with all the legal troubles going on, they have one goalie who's not experienced in this league. And that's asking a lot of a kid down the stretch, especially now Travis Konechny out with injuries. We really don't know how serious that is. Um, so that, that to me is the team they're chasing and is the big game that they have from now till the end of the year. The game against them, the game they have, I believe they have two more against Washington, one this upcoming week. Um and then they have to handle their business against New Jersey as well. Uh, but those are all very, very flawed teams for like a variety of different reasons. But I, I just don't think Tampa is a team you look at. You, you key on the Metro more than you do on the wild card. And what are you looking at? Um, I, just, I just had a slip of mind right now. Um, I cannot remember what I was going to ask now. But about the Penguins in the um, – the, the Penguins Flyers – Oh, actually, what I wanted to ask you about was the rumors I'm starting to hear with the uh, the Devils, uh, the uh, Soros. They're they're supposed to be in on uh, UC Soros uh, goaltender. Um, if that happens, does that does that change your outlook? If they do get a goalie that can come in there, and I mean, depending on what they give up, it definitely would. Depending on what they give up and that sort of thing. To me, if I'm New Jersey, that's not a deal I make. Trading for goalies historically normally doesn't end well for teams. Um, especially in season. And Saros really hasn't been great this year. He's been below his career average. Now he's been better recently. But on like the macro sample this season, he's not been the Saros that we've seen the two previous years where he probably should have maybe even won a Vezda in those two years. He hasn't been that guy. And New Jersey's also just not a great defensive team. So I, I don't know if bringing a new goalie in. And Saros, for as good as he is, is really undersized. I don't know if New Jersey's in an ideal environment for him. But if they do it, kudos to them. They're going all in when they feel like it's their chance to go all in. Um, but the big question, too, I believe Nashville's in a playoff spot. So if Nashville isn't willing to even sell Soros, that might take that off the table entirely. And that'll, that'll set us up for the next question. Um, I, I sort of have this vibe right now that the Penguins aren't going to make a 100% decision we're buying or we're selling. I think they're going to do a little bit of each. Um, I, I think depending on the offers you get from maybe like a Marcus Pedersen or, or something like that, they may try to just try to re reconfigure like a roster this last couple of weeks. I don't think he's going to either way say we're sellers or we're buyers kind of thing. So I think, what do you think about that? I don't think that, I don't think Dubas is the kind of guy that's going to say, yeah, we're done. We're going to, we're going to sell now or, and you heard rumors like after when we had that little, uh, we had that, couple games we, we looked horrible about two weeks ago where you saw that like everybody on the penguins is available now or so, you saw like articles like that yeah. but well, how do you feel how do you how do you i know we don't know what he's thinking but what do you think he's he's doing right now i think you're going to end up seeing either nothing or a split the difference kind of move where they maybe do trade a riley smith or they do move a a POJ for late draft picks i think you're going to see something to that extent not a major move that really impacts much while also not selling the farm to bring anybody in. I think that's what we're more likely to see as a very, like a split the difference, sell a little bit, but not enough to really matter sort of deal and hope that you get Brian Rust and Jake Gensel back at some point. I think that's what you're going to see them do. Like the, like the Penguins have, um, they have this way. Do you think this used to happen more back in the eighties and nineties? Do you think like a Raleigh Smith trade might just be like, Hey, let's try to bring a, 
a comparable guy and just see if if it's the right, you know, maybe he just, you know, one of them kind of things where it's almost like, like, a, like a, a lot hockey guy for guy. Yeah, like of. a lateral. And that used to happen a lot back in when I was a kid, eighties, nineties. I mean, you'd see veteran for veteran just thinking, okay, this is going to be a, a way to you're going to help both teams. Like you'd see, Team you actually saw, you'd actually see two contenders back in the day. Maybe not in the same division or conference, but you'd you'd see guys get traded. That hey, this guy might make more sense in Calgary. This guy might make make more sense in Pittsburgh, kind of thing. Um, I can see that happen with Riley Smith. Do you think? Someone and we talked about this last podcast. Do you think somebody knocks us out for a Marcus Pedersen? They would have to come really, really aggressively with like a first round pick and probably like a very high end prospect for them to even consider it. I think, um, but it's why I likely I'm just I don't think much of anything's going to happen. I think anybody expecting the Penguins to make a big move, whether it be a sale or an acquisition, is going to be very disappointed. And you don't think the uh, the rumors about and there was an interesting thing too. A nice text message in our text group that a guy made a point that said that um, it's sort of strange, isn't it? Sort of strange that Gensel was on the road when I mean, he's on it the, is. and he would, they showed him skating. They actually had a nice. I mean, he was skating pretty hard. It looked like you think that's a way of like, hey, look, teams, this is maybe, but I think. I think they'd have to like drop the next two or three games still for them to end up trading him. I really do. I don't think they're going to move him unless it's some astronomical offer. Um, or if he goes to ownership and says, you know what, trade me. Like, unless one of those two things happens, I'm more inclined to think Jake, they're going to try and resign Jake Gensel in the off season. And what, what I know that the NFL just had a huge increase. I know the, the NHL ain't going to get the same, but, with the increase next year, supposedly with the Penguins got back in that, do they have the? You think they could they could find a way to? That's another big name, another big price guy, and you started getting that team has like top heavy. Which I always bring up the old Detroit Red Wings back in the day, where you have your four or five guys getting paid all the money, and then you know you're trying to fill in fill in the blanks the rest of the way. And I think it's a scary proposition for the Penguins because we don't have a deep, uh, we don't have a big depth in our organization at all. I'm overseeing that. I thought, I thought the um, Puyarvi move was good. I thought getting Bemstrom for a guy that just didn't seem to fit, and um, I don't think he was a guy that was going to play in the Penguin system. Uh, Nylander, Nylander. Um, I, I, don't I don't mind that. Like I, I, no shade to Nylander. I just don't think he's an NHL player. He's on his what now fourth organization. Yeah, as a as a, as a first I think round. Pick at a certain point, the writing's on the wall with him. And you got a guy that, while I don't think Bemstrom is great can at least be a marginal fourth line NHL player. So that means you it's more value than what Nylander would give you to the roster. Um, I think they could, because you got to think Jeff Carter's salary is coming off the books, the cap going up a couple of million and then Jake's salary coming off. So it's not like you're adding another salary to it. So like, I think they could very easily afford Jake Gensel and it not really be that big of a deal to them going in the next year. Now, whether he wants to resign here, that's a completely different question. But could they re-sign him? And I don't think it makes a huge difference next year. I think they could. Um, it means they have to hit on whatever free agent bargain acquisitions they have to make. You can't have another Nolachari or a Matt Nieto. Like, you just can't have these dudes that don't produce at those price points. Vinny Hinnestroza, like that sort of stuff. I agree with that totally. They got to be almost, I mean, with, with, with no depth in the organization, you're basically, like you said, your free agent signings, your your trades you make you bring things in like if they hit on Bemstrom even if they don't hit on Bemstrom just get some product productivity out of him for you know what it's going to be a probably a six round pick and 
and uh, Nylander, I know he has to score, or we have to. I forget what the there's a, a kind of condition. Goals, I believe. Yeah, he'll go. He'll, he'll go to a third round, which little little crazy there. I mean, don't want to go up a third when you don't have a first, but that's the Penguins lately the way they do yeah. things. Looking forward, we got Seattle coming up uh, tomorrow, and then we got um, Calgary, Edmonton to, to finish off this road trip, and then uh, looking even deeper in the next week i mean we're playing every other like them them five games in hand aren't no joke people because we're we're playing we're playing now make up make up time with all these teams so we got calgary on the second edmonton on the third back to back then we got the fifth seventh and ninth so we play one two three four five six five games in eight days that's that's a lot that's yeah there's definitely gonna be it's gonna be a loaded schedule going forward in I think they can like uh, the Kraken aren't a terrible team. They've been playing a little bit better again recently. Um, Edmonton hasn't been great since their win streak ended. Calgary's been very erratic up and down, a lot like the Penguins, honestly. Um, so, like honestly, they have three very winnable games if you just look at the quality of the opponent and how they've played recently. Um, and that's going to probably dictate everything that happens at the trade deadline is how the end of this road trip goes. I'm actually agreeing with you. And looking at the schedule, I'm thinking by the end of March 7th, and that's the game at home against the Capitals. I think what they do in them, uh, one, two, three, five games, and that's, like I said, Seattle, Calgary, Edmonton on the road, then Columbus and Washington at home. If they can come either with eight, eight, eight points, just to say eight out of eight out of the 10, say they go four and one or, you know how the, the the losing points are. I, I think that they are definitely on board at that point. Oh, if he, they do that, they're squarely in the hunt. Honestly, they'd probably end up in a playoff spot if they take eight to ten points, or at least right on the bubble of it. Um, because everyone else down the stretch, too. I mean, I like you're going to have these gaps where they're not playing. Teams get rusty. Stuff happens when you get these extra day or two in between. Especially that a team like Tampa, who's played so many more games, is going to end up having. And let's not forget too that 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 March seventh game is the day before the trade deadline. So, yeah, I was actually just about to say that that's uh that's going to be a big game that lets us know what happens the next day. Honestly, I, I think so. And then the, the the best part is right after that, the next day, guess what? We play Boston at three o'clock on ABC. And then, if that ain't enough, we come back and play Edmonton uh, again the very next day. The very next day. So I mean. This schedule in March, and you you said it a couple months ago. I didn't really pay this much attention to. I'm looking at the logos popping up on my screen. We play. Let's see here. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen games in March. That's that's a lot. That's a that's more than one. It's more than one every other day. Yeah, it's going to be a loaded month, and then we'll see. It's going to be a true sink or swim. Like we like we probably know by the trade deadline if this team's going to be in the postseason or not. Like, and I I'm looking, and I'm looking too. You got Columbus three times. You got Ottawa in there, Calgary. Um, you, you got some tough ones too. I'm not gonna say it's an easy schedule. You got Colorado. You got Boston. So, I mean, you, you're getting the best of both worlds. San Jose's even in there. So there is some winnable games. But like you said, the, this is where the injuries. This is where I mean, if anything, at the deadline, he may have to just bring in, just start bringing in some players, some depth somehow. Um, because 16 games in 31 days, that's, that's, um, the chances of the team, especially the team with this age staying healthy 
through that with all the injuries we've we've already seen this year. That's gonna be that's gonna be some trying times for the Penguins. Um, I, I agree. Like it, you're gonna find everything that this team's about in the next I, fifteen to twenty days, especially Ned's. I mean, uh, the backup goal. You're, you're gonna see what what he's made of. I'm sure he's gonna be called upon a little bit more this month than than a normal month because I mean. And he hasn't uh, been great his last few starts. He, no, yeah, he, he was very good for most of the year, but it's kind of flown under the radar because Jari's been mostly so good. But Ned's not been as great his last two or three starts. Actually, if you think about it, the last two weeks of our goalies, has probably been the worst they've been because you got the you put you throw the Jari six goal game in there, and they 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 aren't they're a little bit more shaking they have him. But Jari, I mean, for the most part, you can't you can't complain if you're a Penguin fan. He's I mean. perfectly fine. Last night, I thought like I don't really blame him too much for any of the Vancouver goals really nah jt miller's i mean the, the breakaway for one i mean <laughs> it just um it's a great shot i mean i'm i'm shocked at how good that kid's becoming a kid's uh really becoming a hockey player i mean that's a guy that you know people in pittsburgh always like to talk about the pittsburgh players with the trochecks and that way let's get jt miller's name in the uh in the rumor mills that kid that kid plays uh well he was almost traded allegedly almost traded to the penguins last year uh under hextall supposedly that's right that was the uh, i remember that i remember the rumors on it you're saying that and he was in the middle of having his worst season of his career last year so like i i understand why nobody went for him and he's but he's been better this year under talk it for the full season and he plays like a five like if it's a baseball player a five total game he's a guy that can hit you he guys that can score he could pass uh plays defense he saw him shorthanded his big that was, that was a... on nights when he's bad defensively he is irredeemably bad defensively. Like he's either locked in or he's giving up a goal or two. Like there, there really isn't uh, this year. It's been far more bad, good than bad, but there were videos of him last year, just flat out. Like instead of back checking, he just kind of half-assed goes for a change, not dealing with it. Like he did that a few times last year. Um, I, I believe before talk, it was installed. Um, but like, it was just not a great year for him last year. So it's why I'm actually shocked. He's been as good as he has been this year. Cause last year was such a disaster. You brought up a good name, Rick Tockett, man. What a job he's done there. I mean, um, that's a that's a guy that just even last night the passion he has is behind the, the bench each game. He keeps some young kids focused. I mean, it's a it's a fun team to watch. I mean, I hate to say it because I'm a I'm an Eastern Conference guy, but I'll tell you what, these Western Conference teams are fun to watch. I mean, we already talked about Edmonton and even like Seattle, Vegas. They all they all have this different way yeah. of playing. Like there, there's a lot of good teams in the West. There's like Colorado. five. Western Conference that if you told me they won the West, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, like if Vegas gets healthy, if Colorado can add a centerman, Dallas is very good. Edmonton is Edmonton, obviously, and then uh, Vancouver. Like, I, I'm still not sold on Vancouver, but they're probably going to end up north of 110 points. I mean, kind of hard yeah. to argue. And they got some good talent. And like we talked about before, they got prospects we haven't even seen come up yet. They got they're gonna be a team that's they're they're a team that you gotta watch at the trade deadline too. If they, if make they big... keep Pedersen, that's the thing. He hasn't he doesn't want to negotiate mid-year. It, he doesn't like he hasn't shown any inclination that he wants to sign in Vancouver. Because if Pedersen leaves, that changes the entire structure of their organization because now they don't have any centers. Because he you trade a... Horvat to the Islanders, and then now Pedersen's gone. He made a couple moves last night that I was like for a young guy. Um, there was one, I don't know if you know, he was on the power plays back with Cerner. He did this little, like, it was like a little pass from him. He did a spin at the same same motion as he spun, got, got almost stuffed it in the net. Like, Jari was yeah, very smart that he didn't go for like that fake pass or whatever. But I mean, uh, he, he he's, he's a fun player to watch too. And like, I agree with you. He's their getting rid of Horvat. He's their main 
he's their main center now. And you got you got him and Miller are just they 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 just they're fun to watch, man, and they're fast. And and I, I always think when the Penguins start playing these teams, are we fat? I mean, that there's there's games I'm like, man, I don't know if we're quick enough to keep up with these guys. I mean, I know Crosby Malkin, they still got they still got wheels, they're not as fast as they once were, of course, but I know it's just as the game wears on, you can see the you know the age starts to pop out a little bit. And I think that's the, the very literal wear and tear, <laughs> like the very, very literal wear and tear kind of sets in. It does. And that's, that's for even the best skaters in the world. I mean, Latang, I mean, you see just, I mean, just, there's only so much you could do at that age. I mean, you could skate all day long. And um, like you said about Carlson, I thought like Carlson has been better, but I still think defensively just, I mean, I see like him and Latang, like uh, the power player, like Latang was out there whenever the, the the JT Miller thing happened. I know it wasn't Latang's fault, so to speak, but it's a bouncing puck, very crazy. Yeah. It was like a but perfect storm. He didn't make a good play on the puck, but it goes right to Miller. Like you, that would never happen again if Miller had a thousand attempts at replicating that. I, I agree with you. Well, Darren, Draft Nation. I'm going to be um in the Indianapolis, the Indianapolis to finish out this week, and I'm going to be in Florida from the sixth to the sixteenth. So. Hopefully we can hook up for a podcast while I'm in Florida. I'm staying with my cousin, so uh, don't have to worry about it. I'm be working like I'm regularly working here at home. So maybe we'll do get one there, um, especially because I'll be there the 6th through the um, 16th. So maybe we'll hook up uh, one of the days, maybe even maybe trade deadline day will be our next uh, podcast. I'm actually um, going to be at the Caps game, so that would be a good one. <laughs> yeah, we could do, do, do the day right after the 8th. We could talk about what's. Uh, what's going on? If we do it that night, we'll basically we'll know all the trades that happened, and we could talk about the direction yeah. they're going. And yeah, but Darren, way. thank you, thank yeah. you so much. Um, of course, en- enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your weekend. It's supposed to be nicer here in Pittsburgh as well. So, of course, I go to Indy this weekend. It's supposed to be sixty-eight in Pittsburgh, I think, this weekend. And another one day in Indy's like forty-four, and like I think we're getting the the, uh, the wind that we got here today. It's, it's gonna be windy. I saw wind signs. So, but um. Thank you, and everybody out there for the Penguin fans. Get on www.draft412.com, www.draftnation.com. You go in there right now as well. It's a soft, we've got sort of like a soft launch going on. You can go in there and check it out. But, um, Darren, thank you so much. And everybody out there, we are now off the clock. See you guys probably on March 8th. Thank you. <laughs>